Now, where did I put them? Hmm. Ah, here it is. Welcome to the Toolbox. Addendum. Tools for life and everything in between. Stuff you can use or toss. It's up to you. Howdy, y'all. Welcome back. This is my third uh, installment of Tools for the Toolbox Addendum. And today I got a couple things to talk about and I just wanted to give a shout out to my son because he was the one that helped out quite a bit on this one. <clears throat> He's seven and he reminds me all the time of the things that I need to do better. So uh, I just wanted to start off with that. Now, over the last few weeks, I've been feeling very numb. And for those that don't understand or know what that feeling is, it is... Um, it's an emotional numbness. It's not a physical one. Like I obviously I can still feel, um, but I have no, I have no desire to do anything. I have no um, will to get stuff done. I feel no joy. I don't feel sad. I don't feel anything. It is just a, just a general numbness. And it's a horrible feeling. <laughs> it really is. At the time, it's not really all that noticeable. And you actually, you can, you can get lost in that numbness very easily. And unfortunately, what it means is that I can't interact with my family, my friends. I can't interact with people in general because it's an act. And the act, I, we, I talked about that on my episode, The Face uh, with Scott Casey. You know, that act is exhausting, it takes up all of your, um, all of your effort, all your ability to, um, your psychological capital just uses it all up. And it is very challenging. So what happens is I end up pushing people away. Um, I try to not deal with my kids. I try to not interact with them. I don't talk to people. Um, I just basically hope that the day goes by and there were lots of days where you know my only real concern is I just need to make it to lunch and once I made it to lunch I just need to make it to dinner and I just want the day to end because hopefully the next day might be better I might feel something and it is again it's horrible to see because I, I have to I have to push my kids away because I feel like a burden. I feel like I am, uh, I am a giant rain cloud on a sunny day, right? I'm just uh, <clears throat> bringing everybody down. Nobody wants to talk to me. You know, I beat myself up. There's like, it's like, it's, it's a really shitty spot to be in. And when you push your family away, it affects them, right? You know, my, my kids will ask me if I want to play with them and I'll just be like, no. And, and no, not that I don't want to play with them. I just don't have the will to do it. And I really like the one thing that I want to do at that point in time is just sit in a dark hole and nothing, just let the time pass. And hopefully at some point I'll come out of it, which it's a coping mechanism to, to hide but it's not a very healthy one. And unfortunately, when you're feeling numb like that, 
all the stuff that you would normally do that would make you feel better, you don't want to do. You have no desire. You have no will to get it done. Like I would like to play a video game. I don't even have the desire to get up to put to grab the controller. Um, I used to love cooking. You know, I, I barely recognize that I need food when I'm like that. There's so many things, you know, lifting iron, working out, pushing myself, doing jujitsu, any of those things I don't want to do because I am just numb. And when you do things and you don't get an enjoyment out of them, <clears throat> it's very easy to just be like, oh, fuck that, I'm not doing that again. And unfortunately, like I said, it affects everybody around you because they don't know. You don't, they don't know that you're feeling numb. They just know that you're off and they try to cheer you up. They try to do things fun. They try to engage you. They try to bring you along, try to do stuff with you. And all you want to do is hide in a hole. And it's a horrible, it's a horrible, it's a horrible spot to be in. And I'm sure any of the vets out there, any of the first responders, you all, you all know exactly what I'm talking about. And it reminded me, I was actually driving with my kids today and my wife was there and we were talking about, uh, I can't remember what we were talking about actually, but oh, I remember what it was. It was, we were driving and I stepped on the gas and my son asked me to drive faster. <laughs> and I realized, I was like, oh, well, what? Yeah, I can drive faster. What do you, why do you want me to drive faster? And he's like, I like it when the car pushes me. And I realized that it was uh, the feeling of acceleration, the, uh, the feeling of inertia. And so we started talking about it and I started describing the first law of motion and um, Newton's first law of motion. And that is, for those that don't know, is um, objects at rest will stay at rest and objects in motion will stay in motion. Now this isn't a vacuum, right? Unless they're um, affected by an action of something else. And this, I realized that this is exactly what's happening in my own head. And that, you know, the, the inertia that I'm feeling about doing anything when I'm numb is that I'm at rest. My, my, my body wants to stay still because it is still. And at the moment right now, I can feel that I'm still and therefore, and I'm okay in this particular situation. So I want to stay here. Unfortunately, there's no growth, right? You don't get better. You don't get, um, you don't gain anything out of that. You're just sitting there. You're, this is the status quo. This is the, the bad uh, coping mechanism that leads to worse things later on. And so I started really thinking about inertia and, you know, when, when something is at rest, when you are at rest, when you're asleep at night and you wake up and you look over the alarm clock and you're like, fuck that. You don't want to get out of bed. You don't want it. You're, you're comfy. You're warm. You're at rest. You are physically and mentally and emotionally at rest. And it takes an external force that is either your willpower or your alarm clock or your partner pushing you out of the bed 
for you to move because you need that external force to get going because you are at rest. <laughs> um, it's the same thing with uh, your mental state of mind. If you are in a really negative state of mind, if you are in a horrible place and you're not doing anything about it, that's where you're going to stay because there's, there's no external force. Nothing is trying to get you out of there and no one is going to get you out of there except you. And then I also started realizing, well, what's the second part of that? Well, the objects in motion stay in motion. Well, okay. So that, I mean, you look at the people that are really successful, they never stop. They keep pushing, they keep driving because they're already in motion. They like that feeling, they will carry it on continually over and over and over again. They want to keep moving. And that happens to us all the time, right? You get motivated, you find something you love, you find, you know, whatever, and you dive into it head first. You're like, yeah, this is awesome, right? You do jujitsu, start rolling around, you get the exercise, you feel great. You're like, this is, oh, all right, I love it. And then it gets hard. And a lot of people, when it starts to get hard, and it's not fun anymore, and it becomes a grind, people stop. Well, that's friction. This is, the, this is a fundamental aspect of motion, right? If things are moving, if you shoot a puck down the ice, it will continue to slide, but it will eventually stop. And that is because there is a small amount of friction between it and the ice surface and the air resistance and all this other stuff that's going on. All of that will lead to it stopping. If you are driving at 110 kilometers in, the, in your car and you put it in neutral, you will come to a stop. There are mechanical uh, points of friction throughout the vehicle between the road and the tires and the gears and all this other stuff that will eventually slow the car and it will stop. And then it takes again, an external force to get it moving again. And it's hard, it's hard to get moving again once you come to a complete stop. I mean, anybody that's tried pushing a car from a dead stop, it sucks, <laughs> it's not easy. It's really heavy and it's hard to do. But once it's rolling, it's easy to keep rolling, right? You're not using as much energy to keep it rolling as you are getting it rolling. And that's one of the key points that I wanted to go over today in this is that this is the way forward, right? The same thing in mental health, everything applies to it. It's, uh, you know, I heard this quote initially, I think on the Jocko podcast, and then uh, I read it myself in Musashi. And it is when you see the way broadly, you see the way in all things. And it is so accurate. If you have a general understanding of what, what it is you need to do, you'll start to see it in everything. Because it is everything. You know, if you are moving forward, you look at the leaders of your community, look at the leaders of the veteran community, you see them kicking ass and taking names and they're constantly on the move. Well, that's because it's easier to keep moving. They have hard days too, 
they have shitty weeks and they have um, economic downturns and all kinds of shit. Like stuff happens to everybody. But when you're already in motion, it's easy to keep being in motion, even if there is friction. And that friction can be anything. It can be, you know, friends and loved ones that are trying to drag you down because you're stepping out of your social circle. It can be the physical challenge of whatever it is you're doing. It can be getting out of bed in the morning, right? These are all friction points. So how do you alleviate friction? Well, the same way you do with actual friction, right? If, if you want to move something, you don't want to put sandpaper on the ground and then put that item on it and then try and push the sandpaper. That doesn't make any sense. You're adding friction. And yet we do this all the time. Constantly in the veteran community, we, we constantly harp on each other and say, hey, you know, we need to work together and we need to be strong and we need to be blah, blah, blah. And then we attack each other. It's, it's silly. We have a mindset that is, you know, we're better than others because of what we did. We're not, we're people. And once you take that out of your mind, that friction disappears and it makes it so much easier to move forward. When you realize that humility is the key and that you were the problem that is holding you up, right? In my life, the biggest problem I have is me. Just that realization alleviated friction. Because before the friction in my life was, well, fuck, that guy did whatever. And that means that I can't do whatever. So I'm fucked, right? That's friction. That's not allowing me to move forward. And, you know, it, it's, it's such a simple concept, but it is really, really difficult to do. And this goes into like everything, right? If you're, if you're playing hockey and you go out for a shift and you're, you go two minutes super hard and you kick ass and you're, ah, you can barely breathe and you get back to the bench. Do you go to the, do you go to the dressing room? No, you sit on the bench. You take a break, right? You regain your composure, you breathe, you let your muscles cool down for a minute, and then you go back out on the ice and you keep friggin' going. It's the same thing in life. You have a goal, you have an objective, go hard, do what you can, but find where your red lines are, right? If you run a car, or a bike or a mechanical engine of any sort and you pin it and you redline that thing for the whole, as long as you can, the engine's gonna burn out. It's gonna shut down. It's gonna explode, right? That'll happen to you. You have to find your red lines. What are the things that are telling you on your tachometer in life that is ding, 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 ding. Okay, I need to take a break. I need to back off the throttle a little bit. can't accelerate forever, right? Like you'll just, you'll, you'll burn out. You can't sprint all the time. Sometimes you got to walk. Sometimes you got to jog. Sometimes you got to run. Sometimes you got to sprint. Sometimes you got to take a flying leap off a cliff, but you have to know when to see it. 
And for me, what I realize now is that that numbness, that's my red line. That I was pushing too hard for too long without taking a break. And it literally drops me. I am done for a while. And over time with work and help, I've been able to limit that numb feeling down to a day or two. When I was really bad a few years back, that dropped me for a couple of weeks. And I would be, and it, and it would get worse, right? Like I'd be numb and then I'd have really bad feelings because I'd be, uh, like I would, I would my self-talk would be horrible because I'm sitting in a vacuum. Like just sitting in a vacuum talking shit to myself. So as my feelings started to come back, I would go into a depressive state. <laughs> and again, going from being numb to depressed, it's almost there are times where you'd rather be numb. And when you're numb, there are times where you'd rather feel something. It is a extremely challenging thing. But again, with the help and the work, I was able to find the humility to realize that it was me. It was up to me. And it was a grind. It was going to suck. I am moving a car from a standstill, which is me, right? I'm moving my emotional vehicle from a standstill. But I got to push, right? You got to push to a degree. If you realize that you can't push that vehicle, what do you do? You ask for help? Yeah, ask for help. Call a tow truck, right? Call a professional or do some work, right? Check the car, troubleshoot. Oh, I left the e-brake on. Same thing, right? If I'm numb, and I start going into a depressive cycle and I'm like, oh man, I can't, I'm like, I'm, I can feel myself going down. I have to troubleshoot myself. I have to say, have I done my non-negotiables? Have I gone to the gym? Have I showered recently? Have I eaten anything the last couple of days? Right? Troubleshoot. Find the, find the problem. Find something. Give yourself a hand. Call a friend. Talk to a buddy that's still in whatever, right? Whatever it is you need to scratch that itch, hit the range, whatever. But do something, right? Objects at rest will stay at rest. If you sit there and don't do anything, it will never get better, right? You can be comfortable in whatever you're like, you can get comfortable doing anything. We, we as humans are adaptable to any scenario you can imagine. But <laughs> if you want better, it comes with that decision. Now, I don't know if I've actually gone over this or not. Uh, and many of you guys may actually already know what this is, but I try to remember the OODA loop. And the OODA loop is observe, orient, decide, act. So whatever it is, the problem, whatever the problem is, look at it. Because nothing's going to change until you actually see the problem. 
if the problem is depression, you need to actually see that that's a problem. If the problem is alcohol, you need to see that that is a problem. If you don't think it's a problem, you're not going to fix it. It's pretty simple. Right? If I hear a knocking sound in my engine and I don't see that as a problem, I'm not going to get it fixed. If I look down at my skate and it's broken and I go to jump on the ice because I don't think it's a problem, <laughs> I'm not going to fix it, right? But it's going to affect everything around me. If I let the engine in my truck blow up, I don't have a truck. If I jump out on the ice and my skate breaks more, I don't have skates. There goes the game, right? I can't play. If my mental health is going downhill so fast that I get numb and I don't do anything about it, I'm going to go into a really bad cycle for many weeks and I'm going to affect everybody around me. But if I don't see it as a problem, I'm not going to fix it. So you have to actually look at it, right? You see an issue, observe it, actually look at it, figure out what the problem is. And then you need to orient on it. So you've seen that the pro there's a problem, right? What's the problem? I don't communicate. Okay. How do you orient on that? Well, you do some research, right? What are some communication aids? What is it I'm doing wrong? How do I differ that? What can I actually do about it? Is there programs or professionals that I can talk to that will help me get there? Okay, there's your orientation, right? You are now oriented on it. You observed it, here's the problem. I don't communicate enough. You're now orienting on it. I'm doing the research. I'm actually looking into the problem. Then you decide. You have to decide. And I tell my kids this all the time. What would you rather? Would you rather sitting here for 10 minutes playing with your toys and ignoring mom and dad and then dealing with the consequences? Or would you like to get up at the dinner table and eat your dinner and then everybody's happy? That's a decision they that my boys have to make, right? They Would they rather play with their toys and get in trouble or would they rather go sit at the table and not get in trouble? That's a decision. Would you rather sit in a depressive cycle, in a you know major depressive cycle every four or five months? Or would you rather go get help and feel better in a few years? Would you rather push a car by yourself just because you have the, 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 the ego to think that you can do it yourself? Or would you call a couple of your buddies and be like, dude, I need help. These are all the same thing. It's a decision. You need to decide, am I going to get better? Or am I going to sit here and do nothing? Because that's the option. You can sit here and do nothing and it'll either stay the same or it'll get worse. Or you can put some work in to get better and it either will get better or it'll highlight another issue that you need to deal with. And then you can have, there's a whole nother OODA loop for that. 
right? So now you've observed the problem, you've oriented on it, you've decided to make a change, and then you have to act. Okay, and that act is hard. That's deciding to push the car. That's deciding to call your friends for help. That's deciding to put the gun down. That's deciding to put the bottle down. It's not easy. But the decision is made. Put the bottle down, then do it. It's a very simple concept, but it is excruciatingly hard. And you know, we, we've talked about being numb. We've talked about um, the first law of motion. We've talked about an OODA loop, but it all comes down to acting on the decision because they all lead into each other. I mean, you look at this podcast, you look at this video that I'm making. I never wanted to be in the uh, public eye, but I realized that there was a problem. I oriented on that problem. I decided to pass on the knowledge that I had and the knowledge of all the people that I know. And then I acted on it. And I'm continuing to work on it. You know, I'm working on this, I'm working on myself, I'm working on uh, my family, I'm working on my communication, I'm working on everything. Because I wanna be better. I don't wanna be 48 year old chance that is the same as the 38 year old chance. I, I don't want to be the same guy in 10 years. You know, we get into this a lot with vets that, you know, we think about what we used to be, right? 24 year old hard charger going out, going overseas to war. Yeah, great. You were that person. You were. Now you have 10, 15, 20 years of experience beyond that. And you are not the same person. That's a good thing. You don't want to be the same person you were 20. We made a lot of stupid decisions when we were 20. <laughs> I volunteered to handle bombs. I, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. But as a 40 year, as an almost 40 year old with two kids, I don't think I would make that decision as a 40 year old. As a 20 year old, sure. Yeah, whatever, man. I'm good to go. Let's go kick some shit. Now, I don't know. I have, I have a family, I have a life, right? So decisions are gonna change based on your experience and that's gonna affect your OODA loops. So the real question is, do you wanna be better? Right, and you may be thinking, fuck, I'm good right now. Sure, yeah, you might be good right now. Can you get better? Because really the answer is yes. Unless, of course, you're, well, no, even, even like Elon Musk, uh, Bill Gates, all these people who have shit tons of money and are, you know, trying to better the, better the planet. That, that's what they're doing. They're trying to better humanity. They're trying to better the planet. They're trying to better whatever. They're trying to better themselves because they are in motion. Leading back to my other point, right? They are in motion. And objects in motion stay in motion. And I'm really, I'm really harping on this because I need to know this. And that's the whole reason I got all this started <laughs> was because 
I looked at it as a way to reconnect with all of the tools that I need to use every day. And I figured if I'm going to need them, somebody else might need them too. So I really appreciate y'all listening. I really appreciate uh, the comments and everything y'all do, been doing for me. And I will see you next time. That concludes this episode of The Toolbox. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you were able to use some of the information that was offered. I want to thank all those putting it on the line for us every day. Military, veterans, first responders, and public servants. Keep up the good work. I look forward to bringing you more tools for your toolbox. And until next time, stay open, stay humble, and stay focused. Chimo. Chimo.